Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another day on Breakfast At. We are here at Queen City Bakery, an amazing local gem that, for all intents and purposes, is probably one of the biggest hubs of downtown Sioux Falls. Uh, a location brought to us by the amazing couple, Mitch and Christine, who are and have been spectacular individuals in this community. Uh, mentors to me when I worked for them, and just all around awesome people. Um, I am here with Darren Voss. Darren, how are you today? Couldn't be better. It's good to hear. Couldn't it's good be to hear. better. Uh, you, my name, my name, if you don't know, Carl Frederick Allen III. Uh, yeah, today I chose to eat some of my favorite things here at this particular location. Um, I had myself the egg bake, which is wonderful if you like egg bakes with cornbread. It is a spectacular, spectacular food eat. Um, I also had the sausage, savory sausage bread pudding, which is another one of my favorites. And I finished it off with a delicious slice of triple cherry pie, which, good God, every day, man, she kills it with these pies. It's, it's spectacular. Um, the ladies in the back, they do phenomenal work as well. They are also major supports of this place. Um, yeah, it has been a wonderful day. We are diving into deep conversations about life, management, communication, all of those things that make for a great work environment. So please sit back, enjoy whatever coffee, food you are indulging in today, and join us. We look forward to hearing your comments below, and I'm grateful for you being present. Likewise, Oop. It has been quite the morning. Quite the, the morning? The morning, just the morning. It See, has, we haven't even gotten started with the day. Yeah. So, first of all, I appreciate you allowing us to move to eight o'clock. I didn't. When I saw seven o'clock, it kind of caught me off guard. No, no, and it's okay. That's. Um, I forget that they they open early here. So, I was like, ah, seven. You know, get here early. But if eight is still good. Yeah. Is. Yeah. That's. Uh, I like to. I mean, I, I consider even like eight o'clock sleeping in. I mean, meeting at eight that gives me time to sleep in a little bit. Sounds good. Nope. That makes sense. I'm all about it. I appreciate. You willing to express and, and state your needs, but I appreciate your ambition of wanting to hidey ho at seven o'clock. Yeah, dude, it's it's been um, Saturdays. The weekends have begun to fill up with other projects this week. Ooh. So I've gotten together with Lawrence Diggs, who has been a mentor of mine. I've met town. him. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, we had two years ago talked about this idea about doing um, a drum collective, so finding some way of getting people together at parks and you know locations around the city and doing just drumming experience. And the idea is we wanted to make it as simple as possible, so you get like seven people, seven different drums, each person has a particular beat on a particular time of that beat that they do. So one person's doing a pop pop, another person's doing a pop. Uh, 
one person's doing a but up bump and you have these different segments in that timing where these people drop that and the idea is to create a a sense of inclusion in the creation of music using drums especially with people who have never drummed before oh okay and that was really the idea was to you don't qualify for that Carl no I don't <laughs> I just I don't because I definitely have a drumming background <laughs> at all I have I definitely don't grab um, but the idea was to you know have people who have done it before who are who are familiar and then use them as guides to bring people in who have not so that they can feel comfortable because we don't want them to we don't want them to feel like they have to be a little drummer boy yeah you know what I mean like we don't want them to feel like they have to be an expert for it because it's weird how some sometimes we have the capacity to feel insecure about something we've never done before right and and so the, the question is how do you get people out of that and so the idea was well if we can get people to just have one one note you don't you can hit the drum one time in eight beats but that one time is a part of the whole sound that comes out of that eight beat sequence and then you do that for a series of patterns so you do you go per eights so you go say 10 minutes you know but in those 10 minutes maybe even less five minutes you're changing the the pattern so the first eight notes or the yeah first eight beats you're doing a pat. And then if you get a little more comfortable, you're doing a pat pat. Right? And then it's then you then as you get more you're you're adding a little bit extra and accents and you're doing these things. And so the idea is to have this like come up. Um, and then eventually just start doing it to where it's enough to where people then start wanting to create their own happening wherever they are, wherever their space is. You know, and mind you it's highly ambitious because people are still just getting used to the idea of being around people again um, but I think that there is a need or at least there's a, 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 a hunger for getting connected with people in some way that is active and uh, constructive yeah. and I think music is a great way for that because it was either music or food but music definitely has the capacity to do that I think too I don't <clears throat> I don't know I mean, much about drumming per se. Um, I, I mean, I've my had a friend years ago who used to have a, a trap set in his basement. And it was fun to go. I could tinker around a little bit. I could get a bit of you know basic okay. kind of a okay. little bass, yeah. little hi hat, little snare going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I don't know. I probably heard it on a podcast or some something somewhere that something about how you know drumming. Like, that's why it was, big, you know, big in, like, a lot of cultures. Drumming is huge in a lot of cultures. Yes. It's, I mean, it, yes. there's something that's baked into our DNA of a certain r- rhythmic. Yes. You know, and you feel the... Rhythmic. Mm-hmm. You can feel the drumming. You, 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 you know that you, you boom, and, you know, a frequency just... Not I mean, just the sound, but the vibration. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Resonates with the yes, body. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, and you're hitting all different kinds of, you know, you get a different drums going, you're getting all different kinds of frequencies going, you know, that that, that, that resonates with your, your cells and your body, and, it, it, I mean, like... It's a real thing. Man. Yeah, that's real, yeah. That's so, a real thing. We can say that that is real because we feel it. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. That is awesome. Absolutely. And, and it is something to think that it is in, in, in culture. 
that it goes back so far. <laughs> that it goes just so far back for us that it, it, it is. It's fair to say that it is baked in our DNA. I mean, I definitely agree with that. You just think like huge. you need a stick and a hollow log. <laughs> just take a hollow tree trunk. Yeah. yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Get a few different mm. ones of a few different sizes. Maybe like get a maybe get a you know and then you get yourself uh you get yourself a, a seashell. Mm. A few mushroom taps. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it reminds me of Fern Gully, man. <laughs> Who? It's a movie. It was a movie called Fern Gully. And it was they had a moment where they were banging on the trees and, and the plant life in the in the forest and making music and it childhood childhood you know, remembering. Just um, like that song. I don't want to work all day, or I don't want to work. I want to bang on the drum all day. Bang on the I don't want to bang on the drum all day. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, I feel it's a useful thing for people to connect, and I think that's the idea is trying to find new new ways of getting people in, inclu- included, including any, everybody, and you know, including people who think that they don't feel included getting people included who don't feel like they have the ability to, you know, just because you have one arm doesn't mean you can't drum. You have Pantera's drummer. Like, okay, yeah. Def Leppard. Def Leppard, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many, um, there's so many things that come from it. And I think that just the idea of being able to make music as a group, it's like not, not just the experience, but then you can say that you created something as a whole. And that that in itself creates those those roots or those you know not just seeds because seed is coming, but like the roots of connection because the moment you're able to say well we we just created that now I can almost seeing you differently I don't want to say different different but like there's there's a oh what's the word I am I am more attuned to these people to whom I created this thing with. In this sense, like the things that you and I have kind of started, like I'm more attuned to you because of what we do now, mm-hmm. and it's and it's so profound in that way because mm-hmm. that that not that it wasn't there before, but it's like it solidifies things, right? So as a person coming from the outside, coming in, it's like oh, you know, I feel this kind of way, but then all of a sudden we get done doing this, and now it's like oh man, like hey, can we do this again? And now I'm engaged. I want to find more reason to involve myself. And it might not even be just with the drums. The idea is hoping that it encourages people to spread out and do things that they might not have otherwise thought they could. And that would be the idea. But that was that's kind of this weekend. So this weekend, and then I have a meeting with my friend Brenda in the morning tomorrow. Um, and then I have work at 4 p.m. for a volleyball uh, game that I have to clean up for after, you know, they're done on Sunday. So it's to, my my weekends have been just filling, but it has been great. You guys gonna say filling in a filling in a, yes in a good way in yeah. a good way. And it's just you know some productive, uh, some work related, but others is others are just the idea of potential growth of something for the future. You know. A friend of mine, uh, Raghav, he had he had posed this question, and it is, what can you leave today that 
will resonate and continue to bring shade for those when you are gone. And man, if that didn't hit me in the face. And since then I've been really thinking about that. And I've noticed that the more that I think about it and work towards it and, and build and my energy is in that framework, the more people I connect with that are thinking the same way or do want to pursue the same thing. And that's been, it's been my favorite as of late. It's been fun. It's great. It's beautiful. It's fun. How uh, didn't um, last Saturday after yes. we had coffee? Didn't you had another gathering with the person from um, Icon, right, for a potential project? Oh no, that or, was not that Saturday. No, we had been hoping. We'd been hoping, and hadn't heard anything from it. And not that it was a, a problem. I usually don't put all my eggs in one basket. Um, and it's definitely been a, it's definitely been, so yes, wasn't the icon. I had to meet with, um, her name is Deb, and she is the owner of the retreat out in Baltic. And it is a 22, 26 acre open space in the middle of nowhere. It was a farm idea, right? Or a haunted, yeah. Haunted house what, idea, okay, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was, haunted house idea. Yeah. Um, haunted house space though. And having, so it's almost as big as the location we had last Halloween, which is major because to be able to have like that kind of space, that kind of open area to be able to just create and, and bring people in, that was huge. Um, and yeah, we had talked and I had worked with her before just to help her kind of get this space open and cleared out and, and you know, more visible because I think the biggest issue is that she doesn't have a lot of visibility of the place. It's not very seen, and she's struggling to get folks out there. As of late, she's been doing wonderful, but there are days that she doesn't have anyone there that she's trying to fill in, or at least being able to create something that gets her the ability to stay and sustain herself over the wintertime. What is the space used for all year round? So the idea... The idea that she had posed when I first met her was that it is an artist retreat. So it's a place that artists can come out to, rent a cabin, in the middle of the woods, I mean, it's almost damn near in the middle of the woods. Um, there's a huge fire pit, big grass field, it's right next to the river, um, and it is a place where she wanted artists to be able to come, be inspired to write their book, do a painting, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and it has that atmosphere. It is very majestic in that way. Um, but it, because of the circumstances as of late, it's been very hard to find that type of... It's been hard to find people who are interested in leaving any place that they're comfortable to come to a place like that and explore. So she had been doing... Um, like, she had told me she had the SWAT team out there doing a whole, like, yep, whole training session, which was awesome, because you're like, what? Like, I could imagine, but she was just blown away at the, the, the logistics at which they were going about having all this stuff done. Uh, the dog shows where they do, like, the training for the dogs, where they do the running and jumping off into the water, like, she had yeah. all that stuff. Oh. Um, she had found the, the, so there, it's not Airbnb but it's like Airbnb, where people can come in and, you know, not, I don't want to call it hippie camping, but, you know, you can come in, rent a place, and in minimal, 
where you are okay renting a space with minimal uh, amenities. Gotcha. And you can, you know, hang out there for a week if you want to go on vacation. And that's kind of what she had been using it for as well. But there's, you know, there's the winter gap where you just don't have anything really happening. And so she's been trying to find a way to get through the winter. And I did post the idea of Halloween last time. But her and I just kind of met. We didn't really have that rapport. And I didn't have anything under my belt. So after the haunted farm, now I can at least say, well, I've done this before. I know what's necessary to get it moving. And I can, I can do it. I just need the space. Gotcha. So the idea of having it there to be able to do, like, I think is, is major. But, yeah, she's, it's her and her husband who own this property. And it's out in Baltic. And it's just this awesome, really cool space. And, you know, she's looking to have some cool stuff there. So I'm, I'm working on finding ways to connect her with other people, but also looking at finding ways to connect with her to be able to do the haunted house. So we may end up having the haunted house out there, which would be perfect, honestly. So Yeah, so, I mean, overall, the place is the got no... It's just kind of used for whatever she gets approached for. It's no, nothing that's like... There's not much infrastructure out there. Think of a, like a campground. It's similar to a campsite, except she has an event center. She has oh, so there an is eight some buildings, buildings and oh, yeah. stuff on she there. She has okay. like six, seven cabins that are open oh. for renting. Yeah, on the property. Does she have a website? She does not have a website, I don't think, but she is on Facebook. Okay. And what I'll have to do is send you that information. Well, I would, I, well I'm not on Facebook. Mm. No, it's I fine. Would, but I I, I'm just saying... I'm just kind of thinking from a sort of a, a business aspect. Like if I was, I mean, I'm not offering advice or anything. I'm just trying to think if she wanted to make it a big thing, I would invest heavily in a website. Right. Um, right. You know, you, there's a lot of different ways to do SEO, search engine optimization, you know, to get... To get That's the, right. That's right up your alley. Well, I've not done it directly, but I've used... Like when I built my website, I just use Wix, which mm -hmm. when you use a service like Wix or Square or whatever, that those tools are kind of built in and you can easily, you know, you, you put in keywords of what people are searching gotcha. for and whatnot. Yep. But yeah, I mean, if I don't know what she, her, if she's got grandiose things for this, but I mean, I think in this day and age, kind of one of the first, if you're trying to build a business of any sorts, website. step one is website. Yep. Agreed. And I, I, I'm not, I can't answer that 100%. She may have a website. I know that she does have a Facebook page, and that's what she does a lot of. Um, but that would be a question to ask if she has a website. Establish that. But, yeah, that's what that was that week. Okay, week. yeah. And it, would, it went really well. It went really well. And as of late, it's just been progressively filling my calendar with yeah. things and people and connecting and it's been awesome I just gotta okay so before I moved to the Midwest I was living in Las Vegas born and raised right well born and raised in California I was living I'd grown up let's say I grew up in, in Vegas how old were you when you moved there 13 oh Okay. No, yeah, I moved to Vegas when I was 13. Oh. Probably 12, more or less. But I had been there since damn near, I want to say, until I was about 27, 28. 
So yeah, about 28 is when I when I ended up moving. 29, moved to South Dakota, uh, Sheldon. Anyway, um, there was a business that I had worked for because of my involvement in extreme sports, skateboarding specifically. Um, well, a business you worked for in Vegas. Yes. Okay. Yep. So it was a concept for a website that was based off of creating competition and having a platform for not just competitors. So the idea of uh, me being a skateboarder, I could go onto the site, I could, I could create a challenge and I could compete against other people. But if I was a skateboard company with a new deck and wanted to promote my deck, I have target market right there in front of me. I can create a competition and have people sign up and in, uh, share a video or do you know two minute, three minute video, upload the video and compete for first, second, or third prize and the varying degrees of you know what I'm offering as that company to the winners. And it was a brilliant concept. Never saw anything like it before. I don't think there is anything like it today still. Um, I had worked with them, so I was able to work with Inner and Outer Bike, which is a huge national like uh, biking conference that they have. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with crit races, um, but the crit races, I believe they have one of the national crit races in Vegas. They had it this particular year. I ended up going. Uh, they had the outer bike, which was one really cool because I love downhill mountain biking. And then we did the inner bike, which was at least, I think it was at Mandalay Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they had the crit races that night. Well, like these were the things that we were trying to integrate ourselves into. And one thing led to another, and it ended up not really turning out the way we thought it would. And I ended up, you know, having to walk away and find my own route and find my own path. Well, kid you not, I think it was, was it Friday? It was Friday. Friday or Thursday, I get a call from the owner of that business. And the only reason why he reached out to me was because I had, in my posting of our last Saturday's meeting, our last Saturday's conference or conversation, I sent it to him because I just, I was like, ah, oh, Ed, I hadn't seen you in a while. Like, you know, maybe you'd appreciate this conversation. And he's like, dude, I have been trying to get a hold of you for like the past four months. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, this whole thing is gone. He's been working on it for like three years as of late. Uh, there are a lot of things that he says were coming from it. Now, my experience from last time shows that I, you know, I talk is cheap, but his enthusiasm with it was great. Um, he sent me some of the information. He sent me some of the material. A lot of the stuff was still familiar from our last time I remember it, but it seemed like it was very much more in depth. He said that Microsoft was interested in participating in it. Uh, they wanted first deny, first uh, ability to kind of say yes or no. Um, like as investing or what did yes, they Yes, as investing. Okay. Yep, as investing, but also as being, a, use, utilizing it as a platform on their oh, gotcha. system. Gotcha. Um, and so, yeah, he reached out and we had like a good conversation about it and it was just like, wow. And I hadn't heard from him in ages. He had a kid the last time I had seen him. And when he told me, he's like, yeah, my kid's like eight years old. I'm like, holy shit, it's been that long? It's been eight years. So, anyway, um, 
yeah, it was just, there was a lot of things that had popped up out of nowhere from just some of the things that we had been doing that had been spectacular, I think. And so, it's just been, it's been, it's been great, dude. It's been great. It's been great. <laughs> you know what boggles, <laughs> what boggles my mind about you, and another thing I find about you so fascinating, is you are this multi-talented individual like every time we get together I find out something new about you like you know and, and That's it's just the one, it's crazy I have I have never really been big on talking about the things that I've done in my life and not because I'm not proud of them but I have seen what I can I've seen what being boastful and you know big headed can do to a person and also do to the people around you you know when in conversation you have to throw out something that isn't even a part of the conversation so that you know you can feel good about yourself that's when you know you're probably overstepping yourself and it's just not a thing and I've seen that and I've watched it and I've never wanted to be that person. But, you know, people take the time to get to know me and really take the time to dive in. They'll find things out about me. But I don't go out of my way to talk about it. I'm not sitting here trying to brag about my life. Everybody has their experiences. I have learned the lessons from each one. And as best as I can, I'm trying to improve my life and improve and maybe help other people find ways to improve themselves. Um, the idea of leaving people better than when we found them. Whole purpose of almost all of this, you know. So, I appreciate hearing that. I do. It's just, yeah. You, I say it, you know, it's funny. I say I'm an open book, but sometimes I realize I'm not as much as an open book as I claim that I am. Well, I would say you are. It's just a matter of asking the right questions. A lot of people don't ask questions. Oh. You know, that's, I wish... <laughs> Our third person was here today because that's one of the things I wanted to talk to him about. He he almost asks zero questions. Um, I could talk more on that, but yep. in in a general sense, yes. a lot of people just don't ask questions. Yes, and in order to know stuff, you got to ask questions. Yes, you do. You know. You have to ask questions. The, the fear of asking questions, I think, is a big thing because we think that we're imposing ourselves. And it's not really, you know, if the intention is to better understand the person, then it's not. I'm not imposing myself when I'm asking something. It's just, hey, I just, I'm curious. If you can answer it or say no, and that's fine. I won't be offended. Or put but me I'm, in the dirt to the person that can. Right, yeah. Or the source, right. or whatever. Right. It's like, it, it, I think there's this weird struggle with being easily offended <laughs> to the point that even being asked a question is enough to trigger somebody. When it's like, you know, a question is just a question. You have the you have the decision to make whether you answer it or not. And if you say no, you shouldn't feel bad saying no. Actually, if you say no and the person gets offended, that's not your fault. No. 
And that clearly shows that this person was asking a question that was more intrusive than thoughtful or, you know, genuinely trying to get to know the person themselves who they asked versus, you know, hey, you know, I know that you were this before, you know, could I, is, would you be willing to talk about that more? Honestly, right now, no. Um, but, you know, hey, maybe sometime, right? Like the idea of asking for clarity or trying to be more clear about something. I think that's also something we struggle with. But I agree. We don't, we don't ask enough questions. We really don't. And maybe that's the, maybe, the, maybe that's a part. Maybe that's what communication is. <laughs> so I know that's it. I've been on this thing. The... So maybe that's what communication is, is the framework that I'm working on in the idea of identifying in conversation some of the, 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 the cliff notes that make for good conversation or make good communication effective. Maybe that's what good communication is. Asking more questions. Maybe that's good communication. Um, being willing to uh, look in deeper or you know, being willing to listen. Maybe that's what good communication is. There are so many. All of that, yes. for sure. No, and that's the thing. But I don't, I don't think we, I, I don't think we have, we've, we've lost the talent of placing good cliff notes on act, actions that we have done that have been successful and kind of reflecting on the cliff notes that were not good or effective or helpful. And instead, it's like we only look at the negative cliff notes and say, ah, that shit, blah, blah, blah. And then we miss all of the good lessons that came from that and finding ways of rerouting, almost like rewiring. We're, we're human beings who have neural connections that are constantly rewiring themselves and if we're not adapting or if we're not actively being a part of that rewiring then we are never adapting and growing in our own in our own way and that is not helpful at all a lot of that i believe is that rewiring is a very real thing but it often takes place with whatever outside stimuli you're putting in to, to rewire that connection. Like, is you know, it's kind of baked in our DNA that we are attracted towards a sort of things that have a negative connotation. That's why the news media is it, it's all just. I appreciate you bringing that up. Too. It's 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 all just negative things. I mean, if there is something you know positive, it's at the last. 10 minutes, you know, 10 seconds of the, the segment, you know, yep. you know, little Johnny gets a puppy. <laughs> oh. From his neighbor. Yeah. Boy, you know. After I mean, his mom died in a car crash and all of these other horrible things you know, that went to him, little Johnny gets a puppy. I, I haven't, um, I think it's been even pre- pre-pandemic I can't remember the exact time um, the pastor at our church put on a challenge he's like he's like just for a week don't turn on the news mm. don't go to don't turn on the news don't go to news websites just don't I mean simply don't consume the news and I was like you know and, and I had never been like I don't have a t I don't have regular TV at my house or anything right. like that but I, I you know at, at work 
it would it was a uh, uh, you know at least a couple times a day I'd go to Kelloland.com or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And he 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 in he put that challenge out there, and I was like, it's like that's pretty easy for me to do. I can, you know, granted it's nice to I me. Mean, I got a little bit of time to kill. I'm gonna check out Kelloland, just see what's going on. Yep. Ever since then, I mean, it's I, the new. I mean, I don't. I don't even know say how it. to say what I don't know how to say. I don't know how to say what's rattling in my brain, but I mean, it just biased and paid for yes. and oh, and that's corrupt. And but it's it's always they, they it's always playing on the negative. Yeah. Um, Would you say? And I'm, here's my question that because I, I want to hear continue to hear your thoughts on this. Would you say that being bought and paid for is a part of the eventual corruption that comes from, or that 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 turns into? I give us. I think it's it part of a stem. Yeah, it's, it's a like stem this, of this. Gotcha. Of this, you know, I mean, is the root of it capitalism? Maybe. Is the root of it ego? Maybe. Is the root of it capitalism combined with ego? Ah, it's in the, it turns into its own amalgamated monster. You know, <laughs> think of those two things alone. Yeah, and then put them together. Ah, yeah. I, I do see it. So, like, when I go to the gym, they have the TVs on, and I can see the headlines or whatever, and I can't remember if they, yeah. whatever the gal's name is, Nor, I think it's Nora or Donald. Sure, her face just makes me want to puke. I mean, gets in there all makeup and hair perfect yeah. to the T. Reminds just, me of Nancy Grace. Oh, just oh, reading God, this just garbage a, off the yep. teleprompter and yep. and has to, like, I can just imagine the meetings in the morning. Like, hey, Nora, that last week you uh, smiled a little bit too much in the one part. You just gotta, you just gotta tone down that smile just a little bit. I wish we had visuals we so you could have, see his uh, face. It's you know, great. the analytics for the last week show that you know, a minute fourteen into this segment, we lost viewership because you smiled. You know, Bye, you guys, you as well. And uh, uh, you know, you know, we're coming up on a new review here of our ratings, and we just wanna, you know, we just wanna get a little bit better. <laughs> oh, that tickles me so well. That's such a. That is, that is a real thing, man. And that I I I feel in some way that's that that's that is like it almost feels like that's the only way it could be, right? Yeah. Like because otherwise, why why would we be watching TV that has lost its humanity and continues to impose an ideal that doesn't resonate with our hearts? It might resonate with some people, but those people have only been in those places and only have ever had that mindset. So if we're not doing something to help change or, or open, yes. right, like, hey, this isn't the only mindset you might believe. This isn't the only thing that exists. Why are we not doing that? And I think that it is. It has to be in, on purpose, so to speak. It has to be purposeful, intentional. And if it is, then yeah, then it's like, yeah, the combination of ego and capitalism, you're like, oh, that's it right there. That's what that looks like. That's the face. Well, the faces, the many faces of what ego and capitalism looks like. Yeah, oh, man. And then, yeah, the political scene. Ugh. No, and there's something to be said. I, I could admittedly, 
the only times as of late now that I have found myself to be like in this weird sense of concern is when I watch the news. I stopped watching the news for so long because I don't have TV either. And if I do have anything, it's usually on my phone. But it's like this is this is the stuff that continues to degrade the foundations of our country, but also infect themselves into the found framework of every other place, every other country, every other people. And you see how it becomes a detriment because then you can see it on TikTok. Well, and I don't want to use TikTok in a sense. It's frustrating that it's a Chinese company and that we have that concern of that being used maliciously, right? But the idea of the influencer, the idea of the influencer is the meta version of your news broadcaster, yeah. of your radio personality. Because before you had yeah. internet, those were the people who we listened to and told us what we felt we needed to know or how we needed to act or what we needed to believe. Those were the people. Now it's in the palm of your hand and anybody who has the negative regurgitation and you know sells that, you're right. That happens to be what catches people. And for some sickening reason, we are, we are, um, not adequate, we are, we are susceptible and uh, we are indulgent to that. And it's such a strange thing. And I think, what, cinema? Not that I hate movies, but man, if that didn't show how quickly we are able to arise emotionally when you see some emotionally struggle things happening like I don't know if you ever get that but like if you watch a scene in a movie that is so compellingly emotionally driven that you like you your body feels like it's like tingling and resonating and vibrating because it's like oh my god like I feel this and that is what I think we feel and it's like that's the dopamine that's the that's the cocaine in our body <laughs> it's like oh. and then we feel it and then we're 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 hooked maybe I don't know yeah no that I mean that's a whole big thing too of the, the, the I mean what the the internet in general has done to our ways we get dopamine yes you know yes I mean it's the it's the it's the sort of the the crack cocaine of getting your dopamine the short not lasting not fulfilling except for that quick moment whether it's you know you're reading your news feed on on social media or whatever and then, and then the media plays does that advantage too they just you know the, the, the internet has made us not like it, it, you just take the headline and that's that's what goes into your brain you know you don't you know read into it and make you know, in, in, too, with uh, even the even general notifications on the phone, the, but the buzz, buzz, yeah. you, you get oh, you know, yeah. it's really just rewired our senses in a very negative way. It has, you know, and and almost in I think in a way that has made us very susceptible to disconnecting with each other. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, what we are now. Yeah, in a way. We're very much less likely to connect with someone. We're very, um, we're very opinionated to the point of like 
combating, combati com combative nature. Like it is, I am more likely to fight against somebody who doesn't believe in what I believe than asking the question as to, so what is it and why? Finding that middle ground. We no longer find that middle ground where we are similar, right? It's always, nope, you don't, nope, you don't believe in that, gone, right? Yeah, and open, being open-minded is... Well, yeah. and so I, and I, I always go back to this, but I go back to it with the understanding of it being a framework, at least between you and I, that I think has always been a level of respect that we share. I may not believe in the same things that you believe, but that does not stop me from caring about you as a human being. And the funny part is, is I get more and more connectivity with you, and I get to understand deeper. How are you, brother? I'll see you. <laughs> well, how about hey, that? Hey, you go. You got stuff to do. <laughs> Looking good, John. Uh, um, but it's it is it doesn't stop me from seeing you as a person. It gives me the opportunity to get to know you better, and. I, I don't have to see you as, your, so to speak, you are a human being first. I don't have to see you as you, for your beliefs. Because though there may be a bias in that, it doesn't stop me from seeing you, you as the person. And I have now more respect for you in that. Because we can see middle ground. It's like, oh, well, okay, yeah, we may not feel on the same page entirely. Weirdly enough, we're still oddly connected, even though it's different. But it's like, we see the similarities. We can, we can build on the similarities. I don't have to see the things that might not be as anything. Because they're not there. They don't exist. You are a good person. We are good people. That is more important. But nobody wants to see that because we're so, we've been so programmed to see the negative. We've been so programmed to see only the things that separate us. And that has, I think, that, that's, why, that's why you can't have open conversations. That's why you can't have connective dialogue. That's why people struggle to talk to their neighbor. Yeah. Cause it's like, oh no, they, they like they they like putting up their Christmas lights until January. It's like, so what does it matter? Does yeah. it bother you? What bothers? Have you asked yourself why it bothers you, or is it just a, you don't care why it bothers you? You just don't like it. That's I think the struggle. We don't ask the questions of ourselves, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean. There's so much stimulus out there, you know. Whether you know, and, and everybody's got a little bit of different situation. I I always think of like people with kids. Like I just can't imagine, you know, single guy never had any kids, and and and, and yet my I don't know how to say this. Like I my I feel like I'm. I, don't know, I hate the word busy, but I mean. It is, it's, it is true, but I make myself as busy, I guess, as I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my weeks are, are pretty full. But even, like, I, I've, I definitely know that you have to take time for 
almost like, I mean, meditation is a good example, or even if you're not into like a lot of meditation, but just some simple quiet time with zero input, you know, whether it's just going for a walk without a music or a podcast and just taking in the world as it is. That simple, such a simple thing that barely, I'm guessing, I mean, I can't, can't, can't say this as a fact, but I'm guessing not a lot of people take just a time, even five minutes. Sure. It's another dang thing that the phone has done is it makes our brains say we need constant input. We you know, you go to a bank and stand in the line at a bank, everybody's on their phone. You go to a waiting room anywhere, everybody's on their phone. No one's just there, there doing nothing. And when you are, people look Think at you. Think you're weird. They think it's just strange. Right? It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Too. People are never just with their own thoughts. Yeah, or even turn around and say, hey, how are you doing today? Yes. Yeah. Constant input. You know another thing that kind of just drives me nuts on this is the whole... Oh, and, and, and I understand the, ben, the you know, music is a, is a beneficial thing, and I listen sure. to a lot of music, but yep. it's almost like everywhere you go now, you see the people in with the one headphone. Yes. Everywhere. Yep. And it's like... It's a. It, I think it's playing on that that thing, that that people just can't let their brain have nothing, or even just the general in sound sound of their surroundings has to have that yeah. something coming in, you know, some form of stimulus to keep distracted from whatever it is that they are unable to confront, perhaps. And I I don't know, and I I say that because I feel like a lot of it is based off of we. The level of mental health structure or the, the structures of mental health to help people uh, confront the things that, have, that they have struggled with are almost so non-existent that it is easier for us to get lost in our own mind and create a world that is not what we've had to go through. Thus, all we're doing is masking or putting icing over a cake that was made when we were young and never actually diving into it to see what it what what those layers are so that we can better understand who we are as a person and maybe apply the proper kind of icing so to speak uh what's i I don't i'm not a cake person but the idea of like if i have a ice cream cake do i put fondant over that you know, like, is that the right kind of icing to put over an ice cream cake? I don't know. I don't think it is. But if it's if it's meant to cover up what you have underneath, it's probably not the right thing to use. And but nobody's taught the tools to to do that. And so yeah, we have all of this extra stimulus that we use to to keep away from confronting ourselves because what we've had to go through is so so hard. And, and that, that I don't want to take away from anybody's journey that they've had to go through because that is, that is the one thing that we struggle with. I believe pain is pain, but the degree of what that pain is varies between persons, right? So each person has a varying degree of pain that they've had to go through as a child, as an adolescent, as an adult, whatever it is. And we don't respect the pain 
to the point where we no longer or we are unwilling to confront it. And we also don't have a support group around us that allows us the benefit of doing that, who supports us when we need it. You know, the, the people who we have had as, as, as of late in our circle in these conversations, who have had the capacity to finally express some things that they've gone through, but they've only been able to do so because there's a framework for them to do so. Otherwise, they'd be still bottled up and and, and they would uh, uh, release it in a bad way versus releasing it in a good way. Yeah. And I don't know. Not all that, the things that we have, the, the frameworks that are around aren't always the best, especially when you have places that do nothing but talk normal, horrible shit about people or things or happenings or occurrences. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't... The, the need for stimulus... The need for stimuli, not realizing how great meditation is, not realizing how great it is to just dive in. It may hurt, but it, it, it hurts less the more you do it. Versus always having that first time you do it hurt really bad because, well, you haven't done it in a few months, so it's going to hurt again. Um, I use my, my situation with my father. It's, you know, it... it, it it wasn't the best experience, right? But it no longer affects me, right? So I can say that there are things that I remember that I can reflect on that I no longer am emotionally charged by. And the only reason why I can say that is because I have gone through that process. I have reflected on it. I have, I have uh, meditated on it enough times to say that. But if I didn't do it, man... It would continue to hurt. How many people do we know that don't do that? How many people? A number that is unknown. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> the unknown. Uh, Perhaps we'll just have to start a survey. Hmm. No. Hmm. It's not a bad idea. Honestly, though. It's a... It's a genuine thought because if it is a real thing, people would be interested in expressing it. But then, even if it is a real thing, the comfort that people have doing it also is a struggle because it's very minimal. Because not everybody wants to talk about their problems. Or people don't feel like they can talk about their problems. Or again, there's not a framework created or situated for people to do so. So how can you do it if you don't set a precedence for it? I want to ask you. I had the opportunity to go in. I went to food co-op yesterday. Got me some groceries. Went to the went to the kitchen. What time were you there? I was... Uh, Probably around 4.35. Oh, okay. so yeah, I was, was going to say, if it's like, anytime 4.3, let me... No, it, oh, I would have always, I would always let you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh no. Um, I talked to somebody about working. And I was like, I bet you enjoy this place, don't you? And like, oh yeah, no, this is a good spot. It's a good spot. And, you know, I expressed it. I mean, I'm sure there's always those things that make it difficult. But my question is this. How often do you guys... As a, as a place of business, as an establishment, 
connect with the people to whom you have that work there? How often are you guys able to communicate as as staff in this business? Is it a is it a common thing? Is it something that you guys establish and do so that everybody has a voice? Do people feel like they have a voice where they are? I guess. What do you like? like? I'm not trying to like set you up on it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to maybe get if you can provide more context in the sense of like. Do we take like employee surveys of employee satisfaction kind of a so thing? So I'll or? give an, I'll give an example. So where I work, we do uh, we do our monthly meetings. I believe we should have meetings twice a month. The first meeting should be business as usual. This is what's going on. This is what's coming up. The second should be, at least in my thoughts, should be staff based. Hey, where's everybody at? How are you feeling? What's on your mind? What do you think project-wise we could do better? What could we work around? What, 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 uh, what is working? Um, the idea of staff feeling comfortable expressing concerns because they have been given the, the, they have been given the floor to do so. Do you feel that you guys offer that type of foundation where you are? That's a hard question to answer for it's me. It's fair. I guess only reason, because you know, I mean, things happen in a in a, in a, in a sort of top down fashion. Yeah. Um, we have every uh, bi monthly, we have a manager meeting. Come. Um, and that's spearheaded by our we GM Patrick. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he'll he'll give us updates that he knows of things that are coming down the pipeline and this and that and then we go around the table to talk each department on stuff that we've been working on you know normally like say if it's um oh trying to think of an example you know something that should be communicated from so you know at uh, the kitchen is a good example because they have the most i'd say they, they have the most employees of the, in the in the department so so things would go from Patrick you know laying out a new policy or letting us know oh, a new piece of equipment's coming in or awesome something like that to AJ who's the kitchen manager gotcha and then it would be his responsibility to relay that to, to everybody else to the what do we have five six kitchen employees yeah. Just fair, because that's that's how it is with us as well. Yeah. So a traditional thing. Um, I mean, I just from and and so I don't. So I'm I'm the only one that ha doesn't have anybody under me. Hmm. I'm just me. Mm -hmm. Well, I sort of do now. Actually, this last week, I, I got an intern. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Which is it, which has been when I first heard about it, I didn't know. My brain was kind of like, oh man, this is I've never done anything like this before, but. Um, it's it, we just started this week and I really have been like thinking about this like I'm, I mean because I had I've had a couple internships in my um, career path sure. my first one was terrible I mean not terrible I didn't like I didn't have to be the guy that had to go get the coffee and that traditional gotcha. sort of yep, yep, yep. stuff but it was more you, I, I was a, I was a work mule in a sense you being you having been the intern not the person okay yeah yep. yeah um, I mean, that was a 
but then my when I was you going back gopher. to school for computer network and security, I had a, um, and that first internship was not paid for. Um, when I went back to school for computer network and security, that's when I had one of the, it was technically an internship, but it was the, one of the craziest times of my life where I did it with the government and I had the huge background check thing and all kinds of, not, I mean, I was, work, wow. I mean, as an intern, I was working with some sensitive stuff. Wow. Yeah, did I ever tell you about this? No. Wow, this is new. Look, see here, I'm learning something about you. Are you serious? No, I'm dead serious. I never knew about them. That's pretty crazy. We'll get to know about we'll, that. Well, yeah. that'd have to be another conversation. Oh, that's, that's, that sounds, I, I've got a lot of questions and a lot you probably won't be able to answer. That's a, that, I mean, oh, I can. That might not be a conversation we would record. I almost. But it's okay. That's I like, I, just a quick aside about that again. The Please. whole The whole background check on that thing. Yes. Felt like I was in a movie. No joke. I mean. They, so I imagine they went and reached out to people that you knew, friends, family, neighbors. Holy out of God. town, too. What? Out of town. Went and visited them at their work. Yeah. That always weirded me out, man. I'm like, you go out and you connect with people to whom I may have never had seen in years. And you take perceptions on them and hope that they are either honest or, you know, forthright about it, which... Unfortunately, a lot of my friends at the time when I was younger were just not all. Not all of them were the best, because you know it was Vegas and nobody cared about shit. So anyway, no, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty wild. But that's yeah, one more wild. aside from that too, and we can talk about this later. Is, mm. Mm. Um, during that internship, one of the things I worked on, I directly, pretty much directly, semi-what indirectly, but fairly directly, witnessed one of the darkest aspects of humanity. Mm. And again, Hi, we Daniel, can... how you doing, brother? It's good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. It's been a while. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we can talk about that uh, some other no, time. No, no, yes, I, w- I would love to hear about that um, on your But now, so anyway, having Shannon as my intern, I, I've... Um, and the thing I like about Shannon is she's very, I mean, great attitude, very, I mean, just enthusiastic about the co-op in general, which helps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've now looked at this as like, how can I really, you know, she's senior in college, um, ready to, you know, take on the real world in a sense, um, and how can I really um, just... You know, set a good example, but have fun and te- and learn. And you know, she's there to learn. And, and, awesome. and you know, at the end of the day. But back to the kind of the original question. Um, I mean, I, I you know, it, I think the whole thing it comes down to a, a communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I have witnessed that. Um, again, I'm just going to use the kitchen as an yeah. example. Yep. That certain things that were talked about at the meeting kitchen employees were not aware of mm, okay yep and so it just I'm, so I'm not I don't think I'm not gonna say no that there's not an open forum because anybody can go and talk to Patrick he's a very open book yeah. he's, he's willing he's a he's been um, you know he's been a mentor to me um, yeah. I, I respect him very much that's awesome and it's good to hear yeah it, 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 it's good to you know, work with people that you respect, and and so, you know, I know that people have gone to him directly for stuff. Sure. And, but I think it's just another thing that kind of comes down to communication. Like, you yeah. know, I know, um, you know, a lot of, 
you know, AJ's got a very extensive culinary background. He yes. knows how to run a kitchen, <laughs> but does he know how to communicate to employees? Mm. Yeah. I don't think so. That's fair. No, nope. and, and I maybe think he would admit that. That's fair. Because, you know, you, it's, I think we misinterpret sometimes a person's expertise in one as them being experts in a lot of things. It, well, if you're on that echelon behind the kitchen and kitchen running and staff, you've got to be great at communicating when that more than likely certain things. Yeah, and that might not be the case. You know, yeah. he knows how to communicate like, you know, we need, we need, we need this much, you know, garlic yep. and, and this and that. Recipe. that, that yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. And, and, and that times yep. and temperatures and, and things that are in his area of expertise. Mm. You know, but you know, so so I guess in a sense, yes. Um, but it also takes two. If that certain person wants, you know, you know, do they, you know, they they want to talk to Patrick directly about something? Do they have the guts mm. to do it? You know, it kind of comes down to you know certain certain. I don't even know how to explain taking the initiative to step up. Yeah. And get the information that you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess broad answer to the question is yes, there is a sense of open communication. Just because it's a small place, too. I mean, oh my, I can... makes me think of my nightmares from ADP. I mean, just <laughs> the corporate yuck is my... That's one of my favorite terms. Yep. And how many people... I mean, in America, in... in, in a large aspect of it. I mean, there's, we're surrounded by corporate, huge corporations. Yeah. A lot of people work for these huge corporations. A lot of people are unhappy working for these huge corporations. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, they, you know, they, they, they definitely don't. I, when I was at ADP, yeah, my voice, our voices, was never heard at all. You know, and we were coming. I mean, I can't even tell you how many chains of, you know, there's the vice president of this and the, and the president of that, and like. How many, you know, my boss, there had three bosses above him, and he, you know, he never communicated with the higher-up ones, you know, you know, certain person reports. Ah. So I don't want you to feel like it was an ambush, because it, it... No, no, not at all. That's I've, a valid... I've never been asked that question before. That so, no. And I ask because I find myself in a position right now where I also see the same struggle, where the top-down has its, has its uses, right? Because there are some things that some people, staff-wise, just don't need to concern themselves with because it's not really their job or task to need to concern themselves with it. However, when you have your framework of management, I think that there is a necessity, that's by damn near necessity, to determine who and what their strengths are, so who they are as a person, but also what their strengths are. Because if, say, you have one person, you know, works in the back of the kitchen, phenomenal when it comes to managing kitchen and all of that element but for some reason their communication is in the strong point right not to say that this I'm generalizing now I'm not saying you guys but finding a way of being able to help that communication 
uh, improve by utilizing another management individual or another staff member to help um, either express what's being said a little more clearer or finding ways to teach that person how to be clearer. Um, I have been struggling right now in my job in regards to one, misrepresentation, misinformation, and misinterpretation. Those three things have been the foundation of the struggle I have been having at work. Misrepresentation. I am being told and said that some people are feeling a kind of way about something that happens only to go and investigate myself and find out that that's not the case. Misrepresentation. Misinterpretation. Emails that get sent from buildings that are expressing need to have, you know, if, if this building's having event, they're communicating that they're having this event, and they're just expressing uh, special, expressing their want and need for special care in these areas. And management above me taking that email negatively or pridefully, like, oh, I can't believe you make it seem as if we weren't doing our job when that's not what was in that email. Misinterpretation. One of the downfalls of electronic communication. Right. Anyway. Uh, miscommunication. Not being clear about what it is someone is trying to say, need, or want done. Management, not taking the time to be clear about what they're expressing, and then also not making sure through, hey, please, uh, allowing the person to whom they're explaining it to, to explain it back so that there can be an understanding of clarity. Miscommunication. Those three things have been fundamentally the, the biggest struggle and hurdles I have had to go through in my position as a man. And it had come to a head Friday because there have been things that have happened, things that have been said, conversations between me and my management, not all, but my direct management, that has been, I would say, unnecessary or has been felt unnecessary because all it would have taken was the extra mile, right? Give you two examples. One example, I was over at, um, um, I was over at Gilberto's, their new location, and I always order breakfast burritos. Steak breakfast burrito, chicken breakfast burrito. In their original location, I'd always get a chicken breakfast burrito and a steak breakfast burrito. They've always made those. Their new location, I show up after soccer sprouts, ask for steak breakfast burrito, chicken breakfast burrito. I get both of my orders, I have my steak breakfast burrito, one of them is not a chicken breakfast burrito. I go and I ask, hey, is this, uh, this, I was asking for a chicken breakfast burrito. Their response, oh, we don't make chicken breakfast burritos. But that's what I asked for. <laughs> Why did didn't ask. you say that when I was there, <laughs> right? But mind you, it's a two-way street. I could have made the extra effort of saying chicken breakfast burrito, right? But I made the assumption that they understood what I was asking. So it is a difficulty as a patron to, to feel like I was being heard, especially when I show up and then, then they tell me, oh, no, that's, yeah, no, that's, uh, we don't do that. It's like, okay, then you missed an opportunity to communicate that because you weren't present. Second situation, 
and it's happened twice since I've been here. I would ask for these items. Okay, pay for those items. I get three out of the four items that I had asked for. Were you talking here at mm -hmm. the bakery? Mm -hmm. Okay. It was strange, but then I also go back to it. I need to ask for clarity. I asked for a bake. But because I said it differently, it was enough for somebody to misinterpret. There being then as a patron, me trying my best to be clear, but the person who is behind the counter not taking the steps to seek clarity in what I had asked. Those are in, those are important frame markers to point out in the idea of management and um, operational management. I think it's more important in those. This is it's something simple. It's not that big of a deal. Like it really wasn't. I could go up there. Hey, did I have to? Did you charge me for it? No. Okay. Cool. Well then, I'll get it, and we'll, we're good. All is right with the world, right? So not a big deal. Whereas operational management, you literally dictate the outcome of an entire building, depending on your ability to communicate information. If it's poor information, the outcome is poor. If it's good information, the outcome is good. But your ability to be clear about it and seek clarity, I think has been the biggest thing that, again, I have been struggling with. I have an issue at work at the moment that has been a struggle. And I am doing my best at the moment to find and seek clarity for it. Do I believe that a lot of it has been maliciously done? I don't know. And perhaps that's what I'm seeking, right? Because I don't want to believe that. But it's like, well, then why else are we having these things? Why else am I hearing somebody talk about somebody else as if they were pissed off about what had happened in an email? And then I talked to the person, and they're like, no, what? I wasn't even... Oh, oh, so somebody was saying this about you feeling this way to help them feel okay about feeling this kind of way about this email. Right? The manipulation of perception. That to me is frustrating. So what I've been finding is, is that these, these little pockets of conversation and communication are, are not, not we are not capitalizing, and I hate using that term, but we are not capitalizing on the opportunity to rectify the potential of miscommunication. These misinterpretations misrepresentations, these things that could, if just taken the time to reflect on, could gain benefit for our entire operation. But because they haven't been, they've continued to be what has allowed uncertainty in staff about, poten about potential loss of job, um, uncertainty about job tasks and what they should be doing, um, the concern that at any point, again, they they may be replaced or moved or even more so aren't being heard. And so their mental health is allowed to and, and is almost, almost, we're almost creating a framework for mental health to, to have a downfall, right? If a staff member is doing their job but wants to be in a location that benefits their quality of life, why would I not benefit from putting them in a place that would help them be a better staff, be, be more engaged. 
but we're not listening to them. We're not hearing them. And so they, we always fall short of putting them up to stepping up to the plate and being the best that they can be because we're not willing to hear them out because we're not willing to put them where they want because instead of being open, we're closed off and we're prideful and we're egotistical. Yes. And it's, this is a business, not, well, if we're going to run this business to the optimal, to our best, in, in our best framework, we need to have some kind of understanding as to the staff that we have. And so it's, it, I, I asked that question because I find myself trying to understand how to work that process for myself. How do I create a framework for my staff so that they feel like they are heard, so that they feel appreciated, so that they feel that every day when they show up to work, they are encouraged and excited to be where they are. At least for the time that they're there. I don't expect them to think about work when they're gone. I don't expect them to feel like, you know, oh, go, you know, I don't expect them to be on that. But at least for the time that they are there, they are dedicated to the work that they're doing. They are, they, they take initiative to be ahead of the ball and they set themselves up for success because they've been set up for success. And so that's where I'm, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. And I had asked about you because when I went and talked to you, to just the lady in the in the kitchen, I don't know if it was Sarah or somebody. It was, it was it Abby? It was shorter. Might have been Abby. She's the only she's the only female in the kitchen. Yep, might have been Abby. Yep, um, brunette, dark hair. Yeah, Abby. She was wonderful. Her and I were joking and kicking it back the entire time, and it was just the greatest experience. Yeah, Abby's it awesome. Really was, and I loved that. And it made my experience being there awesome because she asked for clarity. She would ask for communication. She would engage with me. And it was like, oh man, nice to meet you. Before I even walked away, I was like, what was your name? She's like, Abby. I was like, mine's Carl. It's nice to meet you, Abby. I appreciate you. Because she took that time to be and connect. I can't wait to tell her about it. Man, y'all, please do. Yeah. Like, please do. Oh, yeah. Because she deserves it. She's my homie. She's she deserves that because that is what makes an experience great. That's what leaves people wanting to come back to a place. That's what leaves people interested about that. That's what, that's what spreads the word. That's what, that's what encourages people to even say, hmm, I wonder if I have a friend that would love to work here. Because this atmosphere looks amazing. If this is the type of attitude some of these people have, yeah, hey, Jill, you love to work here. Abby's awesome. She'd be great for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that, it's easy to it's easy to see why people don't want to come and work at a place. It's easy to see why people don't want to go here and would rather go here because the atmosphere isn't conducive for that type of environment, isn't conducive, isn't conducive for that type of engagement. It doesn't feel encouraging. And that, I think, is, is foundationally what I'm, what I'm seeing. It's what I'm seeing in a lot of places. It's what I've been seeing at my work. It's what I've been seeing at other locations as a place. Not heavily, but those subtle changes dictate a whole bunch of things that we don't see in the connection with the people. So it's it's been a it's been a struggle. But these are things that I am 
working as hard as I can to rectify in myself, in the connections I have with people, and in my workspace, because those are the three places that I am affected most. So it's kind of been, it's been, that's been my journey as of late. It's been scary. Well, no, I don't want to say scary, because scary is not the right word. Challenging. It's, yes, thank you. Challenging is better. It has been challenging. Because I'm like, I'm not afraid. It's just, man, it's, uh, it has been difficult. It has been difficult. But, you know, it, it's, not, it's not something I'm, I'm, I'm cowering away from. I think at this point, had I, been, had I been a different person, I may not have given a shit. But because I am, in a, I am in a mindset of encouraging, wanting to evolve, wanting to, wanting to grow in this space that I'm in, and seeing the benefits of doing it, I want to help other people do that and find that as well. So, yeah. No, thank you for sharing. Yeah. And I appreciate you hearing me out on that. No, that's... I wish I could give you like some better input, but I've never really been in a situation like that I, I mean which is awesome to think that you haven't because then that means that most of the places you've been it has had that atmosphere of encouragement and growth except well, for that one place yeah, that you, yeah, you won't talk but about. I've never really been in sort of like that management aspect of where I'm having people under me I mean years ago when I was a when I worked at the bank I was the lead teller for a little while and so I had somewhat you know they weren't really under me. I was more of just calling the shots as far as, you know, I was writing the schedule. And if a certain, if we were going to place a hold on a certain check, you know, I would make the calls for that and stuff. But as far as, like, you know, I wouldn't make any policies or, or, or set expectations or kind of things like that. So I guess I don't have, you know, I don't have real world input to... To provide, um, but I sense your frustrations through your body language and your tone. Every, <laughs> I know, and I'm grateful for that, man. Again, the relationships that I've built with people, and knowing that they have been willing to, that we are connected enough that you can see that in me, that means more to me than you know. Because to know that I am seen in that way means that you see me for more than what I believe people to see me as. And that's, you know, our worst enemy is our own perception of ourselves. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm working around getting past it. Because that, it, admittedly, that has been my biggest fucking problem as myself. Getting past the perception of how I see myself has been hard, it's been difficult because I've created this idea of myself since I was a kid. Because I didn't know any of that. I didn't know that I could or was more than I thought I was. Because I just never had that capacity, I guess, or I, I never saw it, I never felt that way all the time. There were moments, you know, there, there, were, there, were, there were those things, but yeah, our own perceptions, our worst enemy, and 
<laughs> so now that I'm in a better place, I feel like now I can, I am able to observe that in other people, and I'm trying, and I've been working to try and help people in that route. And you know, my job as a blade has helped me do that, advocate for other people, and help them, teach them how to advocate for themselves, because we don't do that enough. So it's been crazy, but I thank you so much, man. Yeah, no, I thank you. <laughs> I have a question for you, but I will ask that after everything is said and done. Um, I'm gonna stop this. We're gonna do our intro quick since we didn't do our intro, and then we'll 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 call. Admittedly, I now see some of the greatest struggles we deal with as human beings in our attempts to convey what we feel to other people. Part of me did not want to post this because it didn't mirror the new framework that we were working on, but it also was a struggle to express or even allow this level of vulnerability to be broadcasted out loud. This is unedited. This particular conversation genuinely is the backbone in regards to what Darren and I started talking about when we first decided to even have our Saturday morning meetings turned into breakfast at, but it is genuinely just two individuals talking. The framework that was created was actually created as a necessity too being more structured, more intentional about the time we've spent, but also what happens when we leave. Because it's not just about him and I and our thoughts, considerations of life, but it's also about those who participate in the conversation with us and those who are listening to the conversation when it is done. So for all of you who are out there struggling with conveying your thoughts bypassing your insecurities, or just feeling like it is okay to be genuine about your thoughts, no, you are not alone. It took a great deal of courage, I feel, for myself to express and to even publish this. This is not entirely what Breakfast At is, but it is a part of the foundation. So I want to thank you guys again for listening, being willing to hear us, but also allowing us to create the space of vulnerability that I think is by necessity, at least the thing that's going to help push us forward for the best. Thank you. If you enjoyed what you heard today, Feel free to share this podcast with anyone that you believe could benefit from the conversation. If you yourself resonated with any topic, please leave a thought in the comments below. The more we can have these open discussions, the more we can come together as a people.